Hello guys and welcome to Awesome Premier League 22nd match day. We have Man City Chelsea and of course we have Tom Rennie. Hello Tom. Hello, you all right? How's it going? I'm fine, you? Oh, I'm doing all right. Very much enjoyed West Ham's ascent back into the top four last night at the Bowl of Joy. Uh, so I'm in a good mood today. Exactly, beating our friends of Norwich. So let's see what we have this weekend in the Premier League. Don't uh, forget to leave your comments or uh, ask any question to Tom. And of course, press the like and subscribe to our channel. Let's go on with the show now. And our first game, Tom, is on Friday. We have Brighton Crystal Palace, as we thought. Palace beat Millwall in the FA Cup, although they had a little bit of travel, but now they are facing Brighton. They are really informed in this 2022, ahead also in the FA Cup. Uh, we love to bet in draws when Brighton are playing. Perhaps this is also a good option. Uh, yeah, I'm still on the Brighton draw boat, even though they, they have won two of their last three games in the Premier League. But look, they're such a good football team, Brighton. They really are. And even when they've got players injured, when they got a draw at Chelsea recently, they had no Dunk, no Duffy, no Webster, their first choice defence. And it wasn't hours and hours of who's missing for Brighton, as it was for Chelsea post-match, as it's been, I think quite rightly, for Leeds and Leicester this season. It's not a narrative that's really caught our attention because they keep picking up points. Brighton sit ninth. If they could have converted more of those draws into wins, they'd be challenging for top four, top six. At the moment, they're just out of that race. But unbeaten in three, two wins in that time. Very, very impressive. For Crystal Palace, I was at the West Ham game recently and I still now don't understand why they didn't win. I mean, they created so many chances. They were so good offensively and just kept finding ways to miss the target. And that was until the 80th minute when they scored two. I think in Michael Elise, they have an incredible talent on their hands. Signed from Reading. Um, and he is a player that I think people thought Eberi Eze would be the young sort of talent ball from the championship who would step up and be brilliant. And I still think he's good. But Elise looks Zahar level quality. Like I think he's absolutely fantastic. And we saw it in the FA Cup against Millwall. We saw it when he came on late against West Ham. That will give Crystal Palace massive offensive threat in this game. For the first time in a long time, not a great list of injuries for these two teams. For, for Brighton, we're still expecting Lewis Dunk to be missing. Uh, Basuma has gone off to the Africa Cup of Nations. And Wepo is out. He's his sort of replacement with a hamstring problem. Apart from that, it's a strong team for Brighton. For Crystal Palace, uh, MacArthur, Ayu, Kuyate, Zahar are the players missing. Zahar, Kuyate, Ayu, all off at AFCON as well. Um it's a derby of sorts in that these two teams hate each oh, yeah. other. A rivalry going back to the 1970s. The M23 derby, as us locals call it. That's the road I used to drive from London to University in Brighton, in Falmer, which is about a two-minute walk over the M23 from where the Amex is towards the Sussex University campus. So they're always okay. a club very close okay. to my heart. Yeah. See, that's my good local knowledge. Our global mm -hmm. listeners, I'm sure, are delighted to hear that about the M23 on the South Coast. Uh, it's going to really help you out. But in this game, as with all games with Brighton, I will stick with draw. Why will I stick with draw? Because there is a lack of killer instinct between these two teams. I think Palace are a good team away from home. I think they're a side that can dig in 
and compete for a draw. They barely conceded a chance against West Ham and yet found a way to lose because West Ham's goals were so good, plus the penalty, uh, thanks to that silly Milivojevic error. But this game has got draw written all over it. Draw teams, uh, both score. I'll be looking at 1-1, 2-2, but certainly draw. Mm -hmm. I knew that you liked the draw here. Marco is going for a double chance for Palace because uh, we have good odds uh, if you trust the team uh, trained by Patrick Vieira. Then we go on the game of the games of this uh, match day. I think all the neutral fans, as I am, I hope Chelsea, <laughs> David yeah. Man City, at least, they are still in the title race. Ten points between both of them. Finally, for City, they had a full week of rest, although they have uh, such a big squad that they don't need it after the victory in FA Cup. And Chelsea, we watched them yesterday qualifying for the final of the Carabao Cup. Good. Yeah, easy victory over Tottenham as the first leg was. It's a shame Tottenham got through and West Ham didn't because I think West Ham would have given Chelsea a better game. Over the two legs, Tottenham pretty pitiful across two matches, really. Um, let's start with Man City, as you say, a period of rest for them for the first time this season. Injury-wise, John Stones potentially could come back for this one. Uh, Delap is out, Foden is out, Zinchenko is out, Riyad Mahrez off at AFCON. So, a few players missing, but as you alluded to, the, the squad is an embarrassment of riches at Manchester City. For Chelsea, no Reese James and Ben Chilwell has upset their balance massively. And it's worth noting... Edouard Mendy is off at AFCON, which means Kepa Aretha Balaga has to start in goal in this game. And that throws a real spanner in the works. Look, he isn't as bad as he was at the time when they replaced Mendy, uh, him with Mendy. I think his confidence has come back a bit, but he's still knowing the quality of Edouard Mendy. So that is going to be a problem in this game. As you say, to stop Man City winning the league, or at least to give us neutrals who don't care who win the league, a title race, Chelsea have to win. They have to win this game, Chelsea, for, for everyone, for all football, bar Man City fans. Chelsea have to win this game. The trouble is, how do you beat Manchester City, who have won, I mean, in a row? 500 in a row, certainly the last five, impressively, in the Premier League. Just 13 goals conceded all season. Just two losses. Um, the, the second of those, the Crystal Palace one, seems a long, long time ago now. Um, the offence is all there. Pretty much for Manchester City, the defence, first choice defence is all there. They've got their first choice goalkeeper. They're at home. And if you recall the game between these two earlier in the season, I think that was City's best performance of this season for a long, long time as well. Revenge for the Champions League final at Stamford Bridge. They squeezed the life out of Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. And I expect City to be bang up for this one once again. For Chelsea... They don't win without Lukaku, right? They don't win this game without Lukaku. They don't win the league without Lukaku. Yet it feels like Thomas Tuchel's already moving on from Romelu Lukaku. The best offence for them seems to be Kai Havertz, who I think is gradually impressing week in, week out. Mason Mount, who's their best player. And for me, Christian Pulisic. That is their best trio of attacking talent. Jorginho looked great with Mateo Kovacic in central midfield against Tottenham, though, again, Tottenham not very good. But I think that's a really good balance between Jorginho and Kovacic or Conte and Kovacic. I think Kovacic is the most vital player that Chelsea have of their midfielders at this moment in time. Their most complete all-round midfielder, central midfielder. So, look, I think Chelsea are going to give this a damn good go. That's the thing. They, aren't, they, they know a draw is not good enough here. And that's what makes this game interesting. A draw is not good enough. They will not settle in if the score is 1-1 with 10 minutes to go. They will try and go out for victory. Trouble is, Man City won't do that. 
Um, I expect Man City to win. I expect Man City to win with a goal in both halves. I expect Man City to win. Um, well, look, the trouble is with Man City is the best thing to do is go for multiple scoreline victories. So you can get them at 3-0, 3-1 or 3-2 at 6-1. You triple those three score lines up, you'll get a decent bet on Man City winning. Because Man City to win at 1, 1.5, 1.7, no good to anyone, really. No good to anybody. So look for triple score lines. If you go for them to score three and various score lines off that, you'll make around 6-1, to 7-1. to one. That's going to be worth your time. One chuk is telling us Man City to win 2-0. That pays 3.0. And for Marco and Blue Shark, they expect or hope that Chelsea might win this game. Hopefully, hopefully. So we have a Premier League. I remember you were in Stamford Bridge, if I'm not wrong, when these teams played in the yeah. reverse picture. And Man City was way better. And at that time, Chelsea was better uh, at the beginning of the season than now. But... Let's see, because this is a key game for the title race. Then let's move on, because this game is also key for the relegation battle. We have Burnley, Leicester City. The last game Burnley played in the Premier League was a defeat that was really harmful against Leeds, because now they look a little bit doomed. And uh, as we said, uh, Tom, be careful with the game in FA Cup. They might lose. They lost against Huddersfield Town. And Leicester City has been a while without watching them in the Premier League. Yeah, I was happy with a lot of my FA Cup picks last weekend. Uh, and that was one that I just I thought was going to happen. Huddersfield are a side that go on the offensive and are flowing with confidence and try and win games. Burnley, what are they at this point? They've lost the steel of the Sean Dyche era. So what's left? Certainly not the flair. So what is there? And as we, we come to record this on, on Thursday, uh, just got the confirmation that Chris Wood has been sold. He's gone. Chris Wood has signed for Newcastle United. Chris Wood is Burnley's best striker. But Newcastle met his release clause and he's gone to Newcastle United. Incredible move. Genuinely incredible move. And a move that Burnley would not have planned for. They've got to get a striker in immediately. And if Newcastle could only attract Chris Wood, who are Burnley going to be able to attract? I don't know the answer to that question. That needs to be solved before the end of this month or I think they will get relegated uh, Burnley. In this game, Two points from their last five, Burnley, as you mentioned. A terrible performance against Leeds United last night, uh, last time out. A rather limp performance in that game, which we don't expect from Burnley even when they lose. They lost the big game recently against Newcastle as well. I'm struggling. I'm struggling to find any reason to hope for Burnley. Maybe some more players will get COVID and the game will get called off. That That's, I think, the only hope. The players currently missing with COVID, Vidra, Peters, Taylor, McNeil, Collins, Max Cornet, who, as you know, I think is brilliant, has gone off to AFCON. So that's a huge loss. Ashley Barnes is missing. Goodmanson's missing. And Chris Wood is sold. Wow. Wow. Catastrophic things going on for Burnley right now. The good news is, deep breath, here's the players missing for Leicester this week. Johnny Evans, Jamie Vardy, Ricardo Pereira, Wesley Fofana, Kiernan Dewsbury Hall, Timothy Castagna, Chalias Soyonchu, Patson Dacca, Kalechi Iannaccio, Name Palace Mendy, <gasps> Daniel Marti, Bubakari Samare, Luke Thomas, James Justin, Wilfred Ndidi, and Ryan Bertrand. That's the Leicester squad. That's the squad. There's nobody left. I don't know who's going to play. Impossible to predict Leicester because that's the Leicester squad. So I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know here. I don't know what to predict. I'd go double chance. I would take double chance, Leicester and draw. 
I think draw is the most likely outcome because Burnley are so bad, but Leicester are so shorn of players. But if I was going to bet on today, my bet would be this game gets called off because of just how many players are missing. So that would be bet number one, game don't happen. Bet number two, draw. Bet number three, double chance, draw and Leicester. I wouldn't back Burnley in any way. I'd be surprised, but not enough to put my own money on it. Mm. Blue Shark is going for goals over 2.5. Pays the same, actually, over and under. 2.5 goals, around two. So even the bookies don't know what's going to happen. I, I mean, if, if the, I'd look under. I would go under here. If you're looking at anything, I would go nil nil one one under. I wouldn't look over here. I know that games get chaotic, and I know that the, the fact we know nothing about this game suggests chaos, but it also suggests a quite drab, nervy, lack of quality in front of goal sort of game. Then, uh, talking about relegation, what to say? Newcastle, wow. Watford. This is the game for the relegation battle. Both uh, out of the FA Cup. was a bit uh, pitiful. Newcastle going out uh, at home against uh, Cambridge United. But now they have some players uh, coming in. You mentioned Booth, also Trippier. I, I am a big fan of Trippier. Yeah. <laughs> of presenting himself with Newcastle. What can we expect? Because uh, Watford, they are in really bad form recently. Seven consecutive defeats. Yeah. Uh, wow. Another one. So tough to predict. I think in the last game, I wouldn't go over because of how drab I think the two teams are. I think this will be an over. This could be a game where I'd back the over and go over 2.5 goals in the match because their defences are so poor. So poor and so porous. For Newcastle, they were awful against Cambridge United, but Eddie Howe, historically, famously or infamously, doesn't care about the FA Cup. He does not care. It's what I mentioned to you in the, in the preview last week. They would lose to Cambridge because of how indifferent he is to the competition. He doesn't think he can win it, doesn't try to win it. He's not bothered about winning it. That, I think, feeds into the players' poor performance. And that's one of the reasons they lost to a very good Cambridge. Um, for Newcastle in this game, Callum Wilson missing is massive. I feel pretty confident they'll be able to register Chris Wood in time. So this should be his debut. Um, things could change. There might be things I don't know as I speak to you right now. But Chris Wood should be able to start up front, which is huge. It's a huge signing. It's a goal scorer of Premier League quality to replace Callum Wilson, who is going to be missing for a long period of time. No Hayden, no Fernandez, no Lewis, no Manquillo. Um, Darlow and Kieran Clark both out as well, though no great loss to lose Kieran Clark, who I think is one of the worst defenders in the league. For Watford, Ranieri initially brought in some organisation to Watford, right? They looked a bit better, though they were still losing. We were like, yeah, I can see this. The trouble is they sacked their manager before a run of real tough games against really good teams. And by the time they'd lost to Chelsea and then lost to Man City and lost to West Ham, who were fourth, so we count them as a, as a good team these days, you know, they, they, the shambles the Brentford lost when they were one them up with 10 minutes to go and lost 2-1, and then Tottenham after that, that's a horrible run of fixtures. And so that now they're demoralised. Now suddenly the new manager bounce never happened. And suddenly... You've got a team who don't like this manager anymore because he brought them nothing. So we've got no new manager bounce, no confidence from this new manager. And why would they listen to him? Plus, new signings just aren't going to come in of any real quality for Watford. Missing for them, Nkulu, Atebo, Ismail Asar, Cabaselli, Foster. Um, doubts about Emmanuel Dennis. Huge for this game if he's missing. Uh, one of the best strikers in the league this season. He's a doubt for this one uh, with, with an injury picked up against Tottenham. Kiko Femenia, 
And then loser Messina, Trooster Kong, off at AFCON. Again, I don't know who's going to play. Again, of another game. I haven't got a clue. That's far too many absences for me to quite work out. But I think this game is going to to and fro. I think it's going to be blood and thunder. I think it's going to be a slobber knocker, as good old JR used to say in the 90s on Rory's War. I would go high-scoring draw. I would go Newcastle to shade it. But I would certainly go the over. Go over 2.5. Maybe even look here, I know, at over 3.5 goals in this match and either draw a Newcastle win. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be everything on the line. You cannot afford not to win this game. Not just to not lose. You can't afford not to win this game and hope to stay in the Premier League. Odds are 1.8 for over 2.5 goals. If Newcastle win, they are out finally of the bottom three. I don't see that coming for Norwich. Uh, they are playing at Carroll Road against Everton. The problem with, I mean, we saw Norwich losing also on Wednesday as West Ham, but that's normal. And what to say about Everton at one point? I guess they have to win last 12 Premier League games. Only one victory was against Arsenal. Odds are 2.1 for Everton to win. Do we follow this? You know the rule. Go for Norwich to lose. We stick with it. We're going to stick with it all season. It's 14 losses now. It's four draws and it's two victories across the season. They will lose 30 games. They're going to lose 30 games across all competitions this season. Should have lost against Charlton in the FA Cup at the weekend. Just scraped by Johnny Jackson's team which was annoying because I backed Charlton to win. Um, but, you know, every now and then Norwich are going to surprise you. That is part of what's going to happen with Norwich. Back them to lose every week. You'll win more than you lose. But every now and then they'll pull something out of the bag. They actually played really well at Goodison Park earlier in the season. That was a great performance of Norman in midfield at Goodison. And I was impressed by it. The first time I thought they might survive this season was that game. Um, and it lasted about 30 seconds, but I did think it for about 30 seconds. I was at the game on Wednesday against West Ham where, I mean, they're in the game, right? They're in the game. But then it's they lost and it was almost a formality they lost. You know, they had this guy, uh, Adam Edo up front, who had one really good attempt at goal that Fabianski saved. And then Dean Smith took him off for some other miscellaneous play. I think it was Zollis they brought on. Why? Someone finally had a shot on target. Don't take that person off. That player is gold dust for Norwich City. Uh, and yet they took him off. So, look, I don't see Norwich winning. I, I don't see Norwich staying up. Gilmore's missing. Zimmerman missing. Todd Cantwell still remains a mystery. Josh Sargent might come back, but who cares? He's rubbish. Uh, Lucas Rupp, Omar Deli, and Mateus Norman, who I mentioned earlier, all missing for this game. So, forget about Norwich in, in terms of, of, book, uh, of betting, in terms of staying up, in terms of everything. For Everton... Um, I think they made a couple of astute signings at fullback. He's also got rid of uh, Luca Dini today, confirmed to Aston Villa. Rafa is getting rid of the players he doesn't like. A bit surprising, one of the players he didn't like was one of their best players. But hey, they've backed Rafa to do it. He doesn't want Dini up, he's gone. And I like that. They've backed the manager. And that's what you should do in football. A um, few injury issues and concerns. Uh, Jared Branthway and Dominic Calvert-Lewin are doubts for this one. Calvert-Lewin is a huge story. Got to get him fit. And then in five or six weeks, might get some goals from him. Look real rusty when he's played so far. Richarlison is out. Yeri Mina is out. At some point, you've got to realise that Yeri Mina is not physically capable of playing in the Premier League. A busted flush. Good player, but plays, what, one in four? Not good enough. Alex Iwobi's gone to AFCON. So that's good news for Everton, at least. Um, 
I would say back Everton to win only because this is against Norwich. That's my only rationale for it. They're a poor team right now, Everton, scrambling around for identity. Still a doubt about staying in the Premier League this season. They've got to pick up wins in games like this. Lose this, they're in a relegation battle. I think Rafa will make that clear and that will mean they win. I think they'll win without conceding. Again, because it's Norwich. So go for Everton to win under 2.5 goals. Everton to win, then we have a very good game, actually, because these two teams are in really good form. Lately, Wolverhampton, Southampton, what to say about Wolves? Eh? They are now eighth after the victory in Old Trafford. Last eight games for them, less than two goals, so perhaps we should go under, but Southampton, they are scoring and scoring, beat Brentford, and they are so far away from the trouble. One defeat in the last seven. Mm. Great, great for Southampton. Uh, I think you're right when you say go the under. Go under for Wolves every game. Their mm. games are so tight. They've scored 14 goals this season in 19 games. That's a joke. It's pitiful if you compare it to even Tottenham, who aren't great going forward, have scored 23. Um, only Norwich have scored less in the Premier League than Wolves this season. But also 14 goals conceded is, I think, the second best defence. Only Man City have conceded uh, less than Wolverhampton Wanderers. So, on the one hand, ooh, on the other hand, ah. So, I, I think it's pretty clear what to do with Wolverhampton Wanderers every week. Go for a 1-0, a 0-0, or a 1-1. and Don't get more expansive than that. You will make money on a regular basis. Um, and even if you look at their recent results, two losses. What were the two losses in the last five? Liverpool and Man City. Did they deserve to lose either of those games? No, they didn't. It was the Origi late goal and it was that nonsense handball given uh, against Jean Moutinho. Um, great to see Daniel Pedence back. I think he's brilliant. I think he's a brilliant talent and he's proving that again now that he's fit for this brief period of time. Hopefully it stays uh, that way for a while. They've missed Pedro Neto, I think, all season. Saiz missing is a huge blow at AFCON. I think he's a brilliant defender and that trio of Cody, Saiz and Kilman have been so pivotal in that run of clean sheets and, and, and that low amount of goals conceded. Um, for Southampton, really surprised at how well they've done, actually. Really surprised. Um, no defeats in their last four. Two wins and two draws in that time. Great against Spurs when they got a draw. Great against West Ham at, at London Stadium when they got a win. As we've seen this season, very tough to do for any team. And then smash Brentford in midweek. Scoring goals, Southampton as well. Something we've not seen a great deal of this season. Love the fact they can rotate players as well. Breuer's in, Breuer's out. Armstrong's in, Armstrong's out. Adam's in, Adam's out. Doubts about Breuer as there are most weeks, but it looks like if he's fit, he might not start anyway because he'll come on and battering ram people. I think he's the new Diego Costa. This is how good I think this kid is. He's 20, he's Albanian, he's brilliant. And I think in two or three years, when he gets to 23, 24, I think he could be one of the hottest properties in Premier League football. Unknown from Chelsea... I hope Southampton get him back for another loan. I hope West Ham buy him. From a personal perspective, I think he's really, really good. Uh, and that could prove the difference here. But just going on the way the season has gone, going on the smart bet for Wolverhampton Wanderers, the fact we're at Molyneux in this game, go for the draw, go for low scoring, either double chance Wolves or the draw, but definitely no more than 2.5 goals. Under two goals actually pays 2.2. Under 2.5 is uh, a bit less because the bookies expect that 1.6 mm -hmm. 
always go under with Wolverhampton. Then we have uh, Aston Villa, Man United. Actually, we watched this game on uh, Monday, and Man United. I bet for Aston Villa, I have to say, but Man United uh, did the job and beat Aston Villa. Now we have Coutinho with uh, Steven Gerrard. Uh, last five games, by the way, four defeats for Aston Villa, only able to beat Norwich, but. We are not very convinced about Man United, so perhaps there are trouble also for them in Villa Park. I remained so annoyed about Monday because, I mean, you watched the game. Most of our viewers watched the game. Villa should have won 5-1. Like, I don't... That's why gambling is annoying sometimes. That's why football is annoying sometimes. There is no metric of that game that Manchester United won except the final scoreline. <laughs> which is so irritating because it went almost exactly as I thought it would go, apart from the fact that Villa didn't score the goals they should have done. And I think the disallowed goal, the first one, I, I'm not sure about that. I think Cavani knows exactly what he's doing, running into Jacob Ramsey and getting that free kick. But I digress. Um, Coutinho, is he a good signing? Uh, yeah, the perfect noise. The perfect noise you make there. I think once a brilliant player, once a fantastic player, and he had his moments at Barcelona. He had good moments at times, a few great goals, a few good finishes, but the injuries have done for him. No, he's got a couple of decent finishes. He had some moments, you know, but nowhere near what you would have wanted for that price, right? I think that's that's the issue. And nowhere near enough games for what you would need for Barcelona going through this horrible, horrible time they've been through, this torrid time. So what sort of player are we getting back to the Premier League? I don't know. Maybe he's better suited to the Premier League. Potentially that does happen. Maybe suited to a faster pace of game. Maybe suited to less thinking time. And maybe he'll suit playing for Steven Gerrard, who is very much a rock and roll football kind of guy. They're a very end-to-end sort of team, Aston Villa. They've also confirmed Luca Dina as well, who should replace Matt Target at left back. I think that's a good signing. It's an upgrade. And I think that will all but complete their back line with Mings, Consa and Matt Cash, who are great. And Martinez, who's one of the best keepers, if not the best keeper in the league. So, look... I think Villa should have beaten Man United on Monday and I think they should beat him here. So I'm sticking with it. Nothing has changed for me. At this moment in time, Aston Villa are a better team than Manchester United. Um, so I will be pushing Villa to win once again here. Uh, for Man United, a few people missing for this one. Uh, Scott McTominay suspended. That's a huge blow. Um, Luke Shaw missing in this one as well. Harry Maguire out. Uh, doubts about Ronaldo because he missed the last game. But look, Ronaldo's is going to play. I wouldn't worry about that. Uh, Phil Jones, you know, might miss this one. And with Maguire out, that is a bit of a blow, weirdly, because I think he's probably their third best defender. It goes Varane, Maguire, and then Phil Jones for me. I think he's better than Bay and better than Lindelof. So, you know, uh, Jane Sancho could be missing. Bay is gone to AFCON. Uh, and Paul Pogba, remember him missing as well. Forgive me on the McTominay thing. That was, a, was an error there. He should be available for this one. But everyone else I listed there uh, is missing. So, does. Ralph Rangnick stick with the, the the formation he went to against Villa, or does he go back to the 4-2-2-2, which doesn't work? I think he goes back to the 4-2-2-2, which doesn't work, because that is his signature formation. I think he tried something out, weren't much better against Villa than they have been in other games, playing the other formation. And I just think Villa are a side that have had this massive boost this week with Coutinho and Dina and Watkins and Ings are in good form. The defence looks good. The keeper is great. And they will rightly feel miffed having lost uh, at the weekend just gone. So Villa win. Villa win. Both teams score. 
2-1, football's most common score line is the tip that I would go for. But double it up with a goal scorer and that goal scorer being Ollie Watkins. He'll be very, very annoyed having not scored at Old Trafford last week. But Aston Villa will beat Manchester United. Okay, odds uh, as we are seeing, 3.1. Let's go for Aston Villa to beat Man United. If you go for Amber as Blue Shark, we have odds 2.06 in this case. Before we go on Sunday's games, Tom, there were a couple of people asking you about tonight's game in the Carabao Cup, if you can give yeah. them a tip for that Liverpool-Arsenal. Uh, yeah, interesting game, actually, because I think Arsenal will want this more. Arsenal want this Carabao Cup. Knocked out of the FA Cup this weekend by Nottingham Forest. Embarrassingly, they played very, very poorly. Arteta rotated because I think he wanted to win this game more than he wanted to win um, the, the FA Cup game against Nottingham Forest. For Liverpool, no Mane, no Salah is huge. Absolutely huge. They've still got Firmino, still got Origi uh, and still got Jota. So it's still a strong trio, if not their best possible trio. First legs are always interesting as well. I think it's important that both teams are still in the tie in the second leg. So two scorelines here I'd be looking at. Number one is a draw with both teams to score. There's been some crazy Carabao Cup games between these two in recent times. Um, or I would tip a Liverpool win with both teams to score. But I think a draw over 2.5, maybe over 3.5 is a more likely outcome. I think it's going to be a really entertaining end-to-end -end sort of game. And the key thing is that Arsenal can hold on to the coattails of Liverpool with no Salah. I think they can. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Tom, for your tip in the Carabao Cup. And let's keep uh, analysing Liverpool playing against Brentford. You've analysed uh, the absentees, the players that uh, will play tonight against Arsenal. So perhaps they could uh, struggle against Brentford, although Brentford, they don't arrive in their best form. Yeah. No, you're right. I think Brentford, look, they're new Stoke, right? They do their new Stoke thing. They pump it up to Tony, who heads it onto Mbomo, and they hope to score a goal from it, and they've done it quite regularly. I'm surprised they haven't brought in a goalkeeper to replace David Rea. I'm not sure Fernandez is anywhere near good enough in goal. We've said that for a few weeks now, but they haven't made a change in that position as yet, which is a surprise. I think they can physically rough up Liverpool, and I wouldn't be surprised to see Brentford score the opening goal here. Because Liverpool played a few days previous. Klopp does not rotate a great deal. And that first 10 minutes of Brentford can be real rock and roll stuff. And I think they'll get right in the faces of Liverpool and potentially score the opening goal. Brentford scored the opening goal, but Liverpool go on to win by scoring at least two, maybe three in this game. Maybe even look out for Brentford leading at half time and Liverpool come on strong as the game goes on. I think in the end, the quality of Liverpool will overpower Brentford. But I think the physicality of Brentford will bloody the nose of Liverpool as it did earlier in the season between these two. And as Brentford have done repeatedly with the big big teams this season. Liverpool to win from behind, as you are suggesting. Odds are nine. If you trust them. Tasty. Good money. Good money there. Then uh, at the London Stadium, we have West Ham Leeds. Uh, you mentioned it before. Back to the top four after the victory against Norwich. Three. Straight victories for them in the Premier League and now facing Leeds. They got a massive victory against Burnley. But we know that this Leeds is far to be very good. Yes. Uh, you know, West Ham, multiple times this season, as it was last season, they have a little blip and doubts creep in about them. And they come back roaring with win, win, win. And they've just won three in a row in the Premier League. Plus they've won against Leeds in the FA Cup at the weekend. Just gone as well. 
Aaron Cresswell coming back last night against Norwich. Huge for West Ham. Gave them a good balance. Talk Kurt Zuma might come back for the Man United game next week or the week after. That's huge for West Ham as well. So good things happening at West Ham defensively in terms of offensively. No, Socek in this game is massive. They played Lanzini there against Norwich. They might need more physicality in this game. So I might expect Alex Crowell to come in. Mark Noble looks like he's out with a knee injury. So I would expect a bit more defensive-mindedness against Leeds United in this game. For Leeds, you know, I want to say about West Ham's absentees, but I think doing that against for any team playing against Leeds is a joke because Leeds have missed their first team all season. So how can anyone complain? Um, no Cooper, no Phillips, no Roberts, no Gilhart, no Shackleton, no Cresswell, no Lorente, no Rodrigo. Um, Bamford might make it for this one. No Strauch, no Furpo. I mean... Again, we can talk about the quality of those players. Do you like them? Do you not like them? But that's the team. And they're all missing. Um, I think Leeds played okay against West Ham at the weekend in the FA Cup. But West Ham had too much offensively. And I think they've got a better defence. I think almost the exact same game as we saw. West Ham win. West Ham win both halves. At least 2-0. I don't think Leeds will score. And I, I think West Ham will, will, will win this game without conceding. West Ham to win then, actually odds 1.7. So if you go Asian Handicap, you can find good odds. And the last one is the North London Derby. We've seen now much more from this Tottenham with Conte. And mm, I think you are doubtful, right, Tom? You didn't like Tottenham against Chelsea. They struggle in the FA Cup against Morecambe. They struggle against Watford. So they are getting some results here and there, but they are far from being flashy and... Arsenal, perhaps they are also tired, no? After this uh, Carabao Cup. Yeah. Yeah, possibility. I mean, on Tottenham, I watched them against Southampton recently and, and they struggled against 10 men. I watched them against Watford where they were pitiful for most of the game and it took that late goal from Davinson Sanchez for them to win it. Um, at the moment, Antonio Conte, he said it pretty much. These players are not good enough to play for Antonio Conte, as says Antonio Conte. You know, he needs better defenders, better midfielders. People like Tango and Dombele were never going to fit with Antonio Conte. I'm not sure he's even a Premier League player because he's, he's just not physically strong enough. I think quite a weak individual and Dombele to play in the Premier League. The slightest touch and he's got to go off injured again. That's not going to cut it in the Premier League. Um, so for Tottenham still struggling for their identity and losing Hung Min Son as well. What a blow that is. I mean, Harry Kane has not been himself this season, as we all know. But to lose Hung Min Son as well, you basically got half of what used to be a tandem attack of two brilliant players, Son and Kane. You've got Arthur Harry Kane now, which is simply not good enough. They're selling Bergwijn. Dyer might come back for this one, but he's been missing for a few weeks. Contest is a world-class defender. I'm not too sure about that. So Tottenham have played poorly. They've played poorly for a few weeks now, and they're, they're, they're in the battle for the top four, but I think they'll probably miss out. I think they're probably the worst team of the four trying to finish fourth of West Ham, Arsenal, Tottenham, and Manchester United. For Arsenal, um, Losing Thomas Partey following his best performance for the club against Man City to AFCON was a massive blow. Uh, Xhaka um, is a doubt for this game as well. So their first choice midfield is missing. Doubts about Smith Rowe as well, who's been in and out of the team over the last month or so uh, with uh, an injury he's been carrying. It's kind of groin, hip, pelvis area that he's been struggling with. But I just have a fancying for Arsenal here. I think Arteta has got this team, the actual team, not rotated for the cup, the actual team playing as he wants them. The 4-4-1-1, four, four, one, one, basically they're playing at the moment, really, really works. Odegaard's playing well. Saka's playing well. 
Lacazette makes it work as a forward. Ben White and Gabriel in the heart of defence. Tierney on one side of, of the back four and probably be Cedric for this game, the way the fitness is, is looking on the other. I think that that is a really decent back four at this level. So it's the North London derby, so you never, never know. There's two likely scorelines here. One is a, a draw with both teams scoring. Happens a lot in this game. Double any result up, by the way, with someone getting sent off in this game as well. It should make you some decent money. Draw at 3.5 on its own is actually quite decent. But I fancy Arsenal. I think Arsenal are a better team than Tottenham. I think Arsenal have a better um, starting eleven than Tottenham. I think they have a better game plan than Tottenham. They would love to go to Tottenham and win. They thrashed them earlier in the season at Emirates Stadium in one of Nuno's final games in charge, maybe his final game in charge. And I think they'll beat them here as well. Arsenal win, both teams score. Tough uh, game always to bet. The North London Derby, Blue Shark is going for Tottenham to win. Also Kelvin, Rafael for a draw. And Tom Rennie for Arsenal. So Tom, let's see your Aka, no? For this Just a triple this week. Just a triple after uh, a bit of a rough FA Cup. Thanks to Man United. Uh, a draw between Brighton and Crystal Palace on Friday night. Everton will win against Norwich. Always go Everton win. Put the Arsenal victory in there as well. That comes in, as you can see, at just over 20 to 1. That, massive. for three pretty likely results, is pretty good. Massive, massive. We will check it uh, next week. Tom, thank you, as always. I'm always very happy to see you every week. Oh. Sometimes even twice a week. I'm happy to see you as well. Happy to see you. Thanks, everyone, also for watching with us the video and leave your tips, for instance, for the North London Derby or the Man City uh, Chelsea, of course. And don't forget to press the like button and subscribe to our channel. Tom, see you. Thank you.